What's fascinating, John, is that some teams are actually playing starters and playing star quarterbacks in the preseason while Kevin O'Connell has decided to get his work in at organized team practices and then play almost nobody from his starting lineups in the preseason games. That has led to uh, very lackluster preseason games, but we can learn from them. And I think what we're learning here is that the Vikings are a good team with really good frontline players that needs more depth. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, I sometimes have a hard time sort of processing what we're seeing in terms of relating it to the bigger picture because, let's be honest, like the, the offensive line doesn't look great, but Brian O'Neill hasn't been in there. Um, you know, Nick Mullins is no is no Kirk Cousins. Maybe having Justin Jefferson on the field might make just a little bit of a difference. You know, th- those types of things that are happening. But yes, I think that you're also seeing one thing that you can see is that from a pure depth standpoint, there's still a lot of work to be done with this roster. Um, it has been underwhelming. Um, there have been a few things that you look at and you like to see, and there's been some flashes, but in terms of the overall output, it's like, eh, I don't know about this. Cause let's face it too, Jim, like they're not so far, we have not seen these backups that the Vikings are playing going up against the first teamers uh, a ton for Tennessee and Seattle. So um, it's not like it's a complete mismatch, but uh, they just haven't looked like if, if, it, if Vikings fans are were hoping to see, you know, some some real big time performances from some of the some of the, the backups to really assert themselves. We, we have not seen that yet. This is the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski. So you can also hear him on the John Krasinski Show. Really good episode this week uh, regarding Anthony Edwards' breakout uh, performance with Team USA. By the way, the John Krasinski Show is headed for its 400th episode. We've been doing this for quite a while now. This is TalkNorth.com. Brandon Morton is our producer. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks to our many sponsors, including Aquarius Home Services, TSR Injury Law, Star Bank and Caldera Lab. Caldera Lab, one of our newer sponsors uh, for this show. Use the promo code VIKING and you'll get 20% off their products. That's the best deal you're going to find anywhere. I'll tell you more about them later. I've been using their stuff. It's great. So use the promo code VIKING and you'll get 20% off. Uh, I think there are a lot of really intriguing positional battles going on right now. And I think one of the better and deeper and more intriguing ones is the receiver battle. Uh, Jalen Rager is going to make about 2.4 million. I, I thought maybe that would mean that they would be trying to get rid of him, but somebody pointed out to me the other day, it's guaranteed money. That might mean he's going to stay. Nikhil Harry, I thought was going to play a fairly big role on Saturday. Then he had a, some kind of a soft tissue injury. So he didn't play, which might hurt his chances. I, I get the sense Brandon Powell is going to be on the team and maybe be their lead punt returner. Uh, and then you have, you know, Jackson has started making some plays, uh, and Addison has been out with a concussion symptom. So there's a lot of talent in that group, but we really, once again, because it's preseason, because of the injuries, we haven't really seen a lot of the guys who are fighting for playing time right now. Yeah, you know, we talk about, um, we, we just talked about how there isn't a whole lot of depth on this roster, but certainly that uh, receiver room is, I think, pretty loaded with with depth. Um, and, and so I think that you could see a, a scenario where, there's going to be a difficult conversation that Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adafo Mensa have in terms of do you keep 
maybe an extra receiver than you normally would because of the overall talent in that room and, and borrow from another position group? Or are you just going to have to part with probably a really good football player um, and, and watch them walk just because you have to keep the numbers uh, across the board where you need them. And, but um, you know, I think Nikhil Harry was looking fairly, was looking pretty good in practices um, at least promising enough so that I wanted to see him play in the game and see what kind of things he could do. And uh, you, you know, not, not seeing him out there, certainly hurts things. Um, but it also puts a lot of pressure on the decision makers of, do you keep a player who I think, I, I think Nikhil Harry is just a, a really interesting conversation to have right now because he brings an element to that receiver room that no one else has and just the pure size. And so is that valuable enough to keep on its own, even if he hasn't, you haven't seen him play much in a, in, in the preseason yet. Um, or do you look at maybe, yeah, like a Tristan Jackson or, you know, some of the other players in, in that room that maybe have quote unquote earned a spot, um, a little bit more Jalen Rager, maybe you, you belongs in that, in that conversation as well. And, and you say goodbye to someone like Nikhil Harry, that's going to be, you know, how they make that determination is, is going to be really interesting because um, whether you just go for overall talent or you go for the production in camp uh, that's, you know, that's a, that's a tough, tough balance to make, but I love what I've seen from a lot of those guys. And I agree with you, Jim, that Brandon Powell, I think he's got a place on this team just for his punt return abilities. Kevin O'Connell has been incredibly complimentary of everything that he's brought to the table. So I think he's in now how that affects Rager, how that affects Jackson and Harry and, and Copeland who just joined um, the team as well. Uh, you know, those guys, that's, that's going to be a real question mark. Let's talk about some arrow up and arrow down guys. Um, I think the arrow is up for Nick Mullins. If there was any question about whether he was going to be the backup, I think that's been settled. I think he's in, uh, you know, Hall might be a practice squad player or a developmental player, but Mullins is going to be the backup. I think arrows up for Craig Joseph. His competition did not last very long. He's going to be the kicker. Uh, arrow down, I think. And, and I will say this. I thought McBride looked in over his head in the first preseason game. He I, he didn't set the world on fire in, in week two, but he looked more like an NFL running back. He at least looked like he could find a hole and, and run hard, which is an improvement. Arrow down, uh, Lewis Seen continues to not look very impressive. Yeah, I mean, he missed the he had the whiff on the tackle coming up um, on on that long run uh, in the first half, and you're like, you just look at that, and it's we're still waiting. Now, I, I I do think the Vikings are understandably being very patient with him as he comes back from such a traumatic injury. Um, but you know, I wrote about it this week at the Athletic, and it's just like, yes, you understand that patience, and and that is very necessary. But also you do want to start to see some flashes, some signs of things like that, that, that say, okay, he's coming around. And there have been a lot more signs of, yikes, he's still far a long ways away than there have been of, oh, yeah, that's good. He's coming around here. And, and so I think that's a real concern for them. You know, I think fortunately you have Cam Bynum, 
you have a couple other guys who have started to, you know, have at least shown you some things that you can use um, at, at safety and until maybe seen as a little bit more ready physically. But so far, it has not been pretty for Lewis seen um, in this camp. I guess what bugs me is that there's a guy who is a very good player on a national championship dominant defense, number one, a first round draft pick. And what I see is I see a guy who very rarely makes a textbook tackle. Even when he gets somebody down, it's usually like grabbing their shoulder pads or wrapping up their ankles. Uh, you know, he's filling a hole there. Uh, he's the safety, which means if he misses, it's probably a big game, which was the case. And instead of squaring up and tackling or at least impeding the progress of the back, he kind of just dove at his ankles, which was not that d- a difficult uh, tackle to evade. Uh, in other, you know, the week one, he kind of tried to launch himself at people and he was launching himself at big, strong people and he just bounced off. I, I would like to see better fundamentals from the guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you think about coming from Georgia's defense and watching them just absolutely wreck college football for the last couple of years. Uh, you, you also think of just physically imposing and, you know, maybe some of the reason that element hasn't been there is because of the, you know, he's returning to play. Maybe there's a little tentativeness and, 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 and maybe there's some kind of timing that is off and, and things like that. But, um, when I think Georgia Bulldogs and when I think Georgia Bulldog defensive backs, I think guys who are going to come up and hit you and he just has not been that yet. And, um, it could be that, he's still trying to get his legs underneath him that he's still trying to uh that that you know his reaction time is still just a little bit off and if you're off by half a second in the NFL you're toast so maybe that's you if we want to give the benefit of the doubt we can say all right you know it it might just take a little bit more time for him to get it back but um i still i just i don't see that that fundamental football player in him yet that has that that's you you would think like great coaching in Georgia you would think playing in big games at Georgia would prepare him for things like this and he just has not looked ready for this level of play just even in the practices I mean we've seen him be outclassed in the practices quite a bit as well and so um you know Again, like I, I don't want to say we're punting on him right now because I mean he's been through a lot and he deserves some time to get back into it. But uh, in terms of being to a place where you can rely on him in uh, you know on this defense in week one of of the regular season, we're definitely not there, not even close. No, I, I will say I thought Booth, uh, who got burned on a big play mm-hmm. for a touchdown in week one of the preseason, I thought he. Sh- showed up much better in practice against the Titans. He had an interception. He had a pass breakup down the field. He didn't look like he was out of position or overwhelmed. Uh, it, you know, I don't think we saw a lot from anybody really in the preseason game uh, week two, but I thought in the practices he showed up better last week. He showed up better. He made a few plays. He uh, he missed a tackle again in in, in the game on um, on Saturday night, and so you're, you're still like, ugh. But yeah, I thought that there were more encouraging signs from what you saw in the in the two practices um, that we were at uh, the joint practices with the Titans. So that's that's something to build on. Um, and you know, if you want to if we want to grade it on a scale of disappointment, certainly 
Booth not anywhere close to what Ali Udo was um, in that game. I mean, uh, no. you know, when you think about a guy who's been here for as long as he has to have a night like he did against the backup Titans def- defense, that's got to be, to me, Jim, my biggest um, faller right now um, is is Ali Udo and really that the offensive line in general, but he was kind of like the poster child for how inept they were as a group. No doubt about it. All right, we're going to get to more Viking stuff, more stuff from around the league. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our longtime producer. Again, check out the John Krasinski Show for great Timberwolves content and our 400th show coming up next week. Also, in the near future, we'll be getting back together at Head Flyer Brewing for another Timberwolves season preview. It was a big deal last year. Huge crowd. It was a blast. Uh, so keep check out the John Krasinski Show for more information on that. We love when we get to do live shows and get out and see people. I uh, do want to let you know we're coming from the Aquarius Home Services studios. Here is more on Aquarius Home Services. Scott for Aquarius Home Services. Between the heat waves and poor air quality, have you noticed how much time we're spending indoors this summer? It can make you wonder about your home's air quality. Good news. Aquarius is providing a free indoor air purification system with the purchase of a new AC and furnace system. Remove and reduce allergens, mold, and even viruses. Amazing indoor air is just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. Thanks also to longtime Talk North sponsor, TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. If you're injured, call that number. They'll take good care of you. They will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why they are a great Minnesota success story, 612-TSR-TIME. Also want to let you know that uh, big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps, convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. StarBank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Now, hey, this is a big one. Uh, new sponsor across Talk North, and especially for the Viking Updates show, Caldera Lab, C-A-L-D-E-R-A, Caldera Lab, calderalab.com. The promo code is Viking for 20% off any of their products. That's the best deal you're going to find anywhere. Listen, we all know that first impressions matter. If you're not taking care of your skin, that's going to be the first thing someone notices. They'll think you're way older than you are or you don't care about your appearance. Show them you do. Make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. I'm using about six different products from them right now. And guess what? Make whatever joke you want. I need them. I know I need them. My skin's all beat up. This is smoothing out my skin. It's helping with me, me with the bags under my eyes. It's helping me with the red splotches I've had. It's keeping my skin from breaking out. And because I'm using it, I'm not scratching it or touching my face like I do, like a, write, a lot of writers do. When you're thinking, you tend to touch your face. I'm not doing that now because of Caldera Lab. So buy the product, put it next to your toothbrush, brush your teeth, then use Caldera Lab every day. Think of your wife, your girlfriend, your significant other. They take good care of their skin, and they do so by working at it every day. This takes five minutes a day. You don't have to sit in there for an hour. Five minutes, put the stuff on. It will help you. CalderaLab.com, promo code Viking. Uh, one other observation, this probably isn't uh, too crazy a thing to say. It might sound obvious, but I think it's important. When you watch the practices, it feels like, uh, especially last week, it felt like Daniil Hunter and Harris Smith were everywhere. 
we weren't sure last year if they had maybe lost half a step or if they were just bothered by the, the scheme they were playing. If we can judge anything from practice, and you can't always, uh, certainly it looks like Smith and Hunter might be cut loose in this defense. Well, yeah, there's certainly a, um, a, a, a newfound aggression, absolutely. And Brian Flores has talked about that, and the players have talked about that for a lot of the offseason and leading into training camp. And now we're seeing it be applied. Um, and, and we were seeing it in real time. And I do think like there were times watching that Titans, uh, those Titans practices where they kind of looked at, you know, the Titans were looking around like, really, you're, you're really doing this in a practice, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and, and I, I do think that, that there is an element of Flores trying to throw the, you know, the, the chum back in the water for the sharks again. I do think that. This was a defense that felt it was being it was being way too passive last year. And that might mean that there are going to be some big mistakes made um, when they take some gambles and, and blitz and go crazy. Um, but that also does mean that I think the players are going to feel like they're more of an, an attack mentality. And certainly Hunter and Smith feel that way. And I think Brian Flores said this week at practice that he has um, sometimes allowed Harrison Smith and um, and some of the veterans to call the defenses during these practices and like put them in in charge of this defense and take ownership of it. And I think the quote was, "It's not my defense; it's your defense." And so I think all of that is designed to sort of get the edge back um, in this unit and make them much more prideful and much more um aggressive than they were last year and and so um you are starting to see that come through in the practices at least we haven't seen smith and and hunter out there on the field obviously but we we're going to get to see that again this week with the arizona cardinals in town and i think that these are good preparation types of um, uh, of workouts and, and allowing the vets to come in and really get work in and get after it. And that's what those guys have been doing. I keep hearing, you know, it's from O'Connell or players or staff members out there that there just couldn't be a greater departure from Donatello to Flores. And listen, I don't generally don't like bashing people once they're out the door, we have a chance to, to say what we think while they're here. And so I'm not doing this just to pile on Donatello, but even the, the, the nicest person in the world would say that his defense was passive mm-hmm. and Flores is going to mess with people's heads. Now we don't know if the cornerbacks are good enough to stand up to the man to man coverage. It's going to be required by his system, but he's going to mess with people's heads. He's going to try to confuse quarterbacks. He's going to try to make big plays on defense. And really that's where the big difference is. Even if you want to be kind to Donatel, Donatel had the idea that, Hey, if we make them, go on a long drive, eventually they'll mess up. Flores is, right. we're going to try to make a mess up the first play. Yeah, yeah. And so this is what, one of the things I'm just very much most excited to watch early on in the regular season, the first couple of weeks, is does this mentality and this new kind of approach, is it is it going to work or is Flores going to look around and see 
dang, I don't have the players here to do that. And then kind of have to pull back the reins a little bit. And so, cause that's what I really, I am trying to keep an open mind about um, with Ed Donatel uh, is, did he do it this way because he thought this was the best way to play defense or did he look at this roster and look at the talent that was available to him and say, Hey, I would love to turn these guys loose. I would love to be blitzing a lot more. I would love to be playing more man coverage and, and really get after it that way, but we cannot do it. We don't have the horses for that. And so, um, we're going to learn, I think, fairly early in the season whether Donatel was as incapable of a defensive coordinator as he has sort of been depicted to be, or if it is a matter of the Vikings not yet having uh, the the stud cornerbacks, the great pass rushers outside of Hunter. Um, the safeties that are needed, the playmaking safeties that are needed to really be aggressive. And um, right now, the feedback that we are getting from players that we're hearing from Kevin O'Connell about how difficult this defense has been to go against in practice and all of those things, it all is pointing toward Donatel was the issue. Um, so, but we're gonna we're gonna have real evidence for that quite quickly here, and I think that's the biggest sort of um, X factor for how good the Vikings can be going into this season. And I also think that two of the players who might make a big difference uh, and who are variables, we don't know that they're going to be great, uh, are Davenport and Asamoah. Yep. Um, if, yep. If Davenport can be a bookend pass rusher to Neil Hunter, that solves a lot of problems. And if Asamoah can increase their linebacker speed where they're not getting beat on every drag route, every crossing route by 10 yards the way they were last year, that's going to make a big difference. And what we've seen from Brian is he tends to make big plays. Uh, he tends to uh, be around the ball. He tends to be violent at the point of the ball. He tends to cause fumbles. Uh, he could make a big difference, and we haven't seen him yet. Yeah, well, and I think that's the unfortunate thing. One of, you know, we've seen, there's been a bunch of guys that have been banged up and haven't been able to play, but I think the Asamoah injury has been sort of under-examined um, when you look at, you know, whether it's Addison or you look at Brian O'Neill or you look at several of the other players that are that are missing time right now. Um, you know, Asamoa is still very young. And so I think that he needs these reps in in-game situations to put him back out there and and have him continue to learn and continue to understand what is required of him is certainly with a new defensive coordinator and a young player, not having sort of the base level of experience to fall back on. Um, I am a little concerned about how much time that he has missed. And it's been really, Ivan Pace has been a really good story um, and so far looks promising, but I think that you really want to see more of Asamoah. And so hopefully uh, they can get him back soon and get him and, and get him back on the field because um, I think it's one of those scenarios where he's you know, he he could be behind quite a bit by all of the all of the game reps that he's missed and all of the practice reps that he's missed. No doubt. Let's get a final thought from John and myself. Thanks for listening to the Viking Update Show. Check out the John Krasinski Show. Also check out Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Jeff's been all over 
uh, all kinds of issues with the Vikings, former Vikings general manager. And we do appreciate you listening to TalkNorth.com. Thanks again to Brandon Morton. Let's get a final thought from John on what you hope or expect to see this week. Yeah, I, I just want to see. I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Brian O'Neill back on the field. Kevin O'Connell said last week that he thought that um, O'Neill would be ready coming off of that Achilles to get some work in against the Cardinals in practice this week, and um, and and I think that's much much needed for an offensive line that has not looked very impressive either in practices or in the games so far, and. So just putting him back on the edge on the right side, maybe that helps solidify and stabilize a little bit more. I think that the, the, the offensive line had a better practice on Thursday against the Titans than they did on Wednesday when really they got dominated. Um, but they've, they've got still a lot of work to do because I think the longest run so far in the preseason for them has been 11 yards by Jaron Hall and, and they have not looked impressive. And so getting, a really, really good right tackle back should help that. And that's something I'll be watching this week at practice just to see how he's moving, see how he looks um, in, in kind of a ramp up to get ready for the regular season. I will be watching the heads of Jordan Addison and Caleb Evans, two mm. very important young players who have are dealing with concussion symptoms. Um, I want him to get healthy as a human being and as a, a football observer. I also think they're both vital for what this team wants to do. So I want to see them get healthy and be able to go prove themselves this, this summer. Great point. All right, Great point. Thanks to everybody for listening to talkworth.com and the Viking update show. We'll be back next week as things start get, getting even more interesting with cut down day and game one looming.